listener production. We begin today by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording this podcast today. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Welcome back to another episode of Black Matters. This, of course, is a podcast about First Nation matters and, most importantly, why they matter. My name is MC from the Hit Radio Network and joining me, as she always does, I've got to take a breath because there's a lot to get through. <gasps> Land rights lawyer, First Nations advocate. She does literally everything. Wiradjuri and Wawan woman and friend of over 20 years, Teela Reid. Welcome back. Yama, thanks for having me. Just then when you were introducing me, it's like, yeah, I'm a bit of a... Jack of all trades and master of none. I would say, though, that you're pretty good at most of the things you apply yourself to. Oh, Give know. yourself a bit of Podcaster? credit. Podcaster? You can, you can, have you added that to your LinkedIn bio yet? Not Podcast yet, but host? I've thought about it. I haven't either. And at the moment, my, my LinkedIn bio is bare bones. I've got to get that up there. Get it up. Now, just when you think this country takes a few steps forward, in this instance, towards uh, this referendum that will happen a little later on this year, where we will vote uh, on a First Nations voice being enshrined in the constitution of this country. We are constantly reminded that this country still has a long way to go and we continually take steps back and reminded that in parts this is still very much a racist country. Now, this has been in the news certainly a lot in recent weeks, uh, the situation involving one of your good mates, Stan Grant. And I'm, I'm certain that most people are aware of the situation, but for those that aren't, he was on the ABC panel for the coronation ceremony a few weeks ago. And you were also a part of that panel on the ABC. I was. I was part of that coronation panel, yes. You were there that night. And after that happened, both Stan and his family were targeted by torrents of racial abuse. And clearly Stan reached a point where he had just had enough and it was best for him, his mental health, his family to step back from hosting duties of Q&A. Now, this was part of his closing statements on that final episode before deciding to step away. To those who have abused me and my family, I would just say, if your aim was to hurt me, well, you've succeeded. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I must have given you so much cause to hate me so much to target me and my family to make threats against me. I can only imagine how watching that and and watching this whole ordeal play out has made you feel being a close friend of Stan's. But as someone that has never met the man, I I was watching this and I, I felt really emotional. I felt really emotional. I felt really sad. I felt angry. I felt upset. But the thing about Stan Grant from the little I know him, he is just an incredibly impressive, intelligent and eloquent man. And he has faced something that I will probably never face. In fact, I I know that I won't face in my lifetime where I am targeted for the work that I'm being asked to do purely because of the colour of my skin. And yet, while facing so much hatred and vomit on social media, he's met it with love, compassion and integrity, which I think just made me feel even sadder that clearly such an incredible human being through no fault of his own is having to step away from something that he clearly loves so much. Mm. And the issue at the heart of all of this is this insidious racism that seems to be always bubbling under the surface of this nation and in many conversations. And um, he spoke back to that situation 
with love and Yinjimara. And, and for those that don't know what Yinjimara is, because it's a word that Stan has used a lot and a word that since that speech went to air, I've certainly seen it a lot more. So he used in his um, closing remark, Yinjimara Wanangana, which means to live with respect in a world worth living in. And I thought that that's something that our old people have always strived to do mm-hmm. in the face of history, in, you know, the tide of colonialism and despite the brutality and invasion, First Nations peoples continue to show love. And I just think that's an extraordinary gift. And more to the point, if this is happening to our most senior journalist, one of Australia's He's most... one of the great journalists who has been on our mm. TV screens for as long as I can remember. I mean, you look at you look at the things that have happened this year, obviously, Stan Grant and the Latrell Mitchell situation that happened a couple of months ago. And, and as you say, these are just high-profile athletes, but it's yeah. happening on the streets, I'm assuming, to many, 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 many First Nations peoples. Yeah. Can you imagine what's actually happening to our children and our young people and the vulnerable and what they endure? Because racism is something we deal with every single day, walking out our doors on a daily basis. And I think that was also a real point made in what Stan's message was, was that to show the others love and to always be there for First Nations friends and family. And that, I would imagine, watching what has happened to him would be incredibly affecting for any First Nations people. Because I'm sure, you know, you've watched him talk and um, you and him have no doubt shared many private conversations because he's a friend and, and you would you would listen and go I, I, I know I know what it feels like so many would I would be going I, I get it I get it I, I feel these same things and it's happening to us as well racism in Australia has to be seen as both a systemic and an interpersonal issue Australia is synonymous with racism Australia would not exist Without racism, Australia was built on racism and that infiltrates every aspect of our lives and those who experience the brunt of it are First Nations peoples because this country was designed on our erasure. Yes. And so I think we actually have to be really serious about dismantling racism in our society and that we shouldn't wait for moments like this to actually create the change that is so necessary to make sure that First Nations peoples are living in a world, Yinjimara Winangana, where that is worth living in. And what was really, I think, poignant in this whole situation was it wasn't that he was complaining about just the racism. It was that there's no accountability when this happens in and no Australia. Punishment. And there's no punishment. No punishment. And there's no consequence no. for perpetrators of racism. And that stems from the fact this nation is built on it. White privilege flourishes on racism. You've seen it in other, we've seen it in other contexts. Look at the AFL, for example. There seems to be, or different sports that you mentioned, there seems to be an episode every few weeks that makes a news headline about another racial slur. And these are words that literally bring grown men and women to their knees. Words are harmful. I think racism is too soft of a word in Australia. We we have to call it for what it is. It's violence. Yeah. 
It's a crime. It's verbal violence. It is. It's abuse. And it's not okay. And I think allies really need to stand in solidarity in this moment and call it out among ourselves because we can't just be bystanders and witness this happening and systems have to change. Consequences need to happen. Perpetrators of racism need consequences and accountability. And I think it needs to bite where it hurts the most. People need to lose jobs. There needs to be punishment. There needs to be consequences. Otherwise, what we're seeing in Australia is racism happens, we call it out, the organisation inquires into itself and then there's no finding of racism or if any and who loses their job at the end of the day. It's First Nations peoples. So before we get to, because I think, you know, this, this is as simple as just everyday Australians making small changes in their life, which hopefully can then snowball into real change. Before we get to that, uh, two questions. When you saw this unfold with Stan, how did that make you feel? I mean, it was heartbreaking because I know that every other First Nations person experiences it, myself mm. included. And often because it is so entrenched in our society, we're forced to ignore it simply to keep ourselves alive. And so when someone of influence and prominence in Australia generally has had enough, I just, what I feel is I feel sad for the young black kids at school who are experiencing these racial slurs and for our young people locked up in prisons who don't have a voice to speak out about it because it's happening everywhere. I mean, how you said you felt sad. What do, what do you think needs to change as a non-Indigenous person? I think it starts with the individual, to be brutally honest. Mm. And I think it's as simple as if you see something, say something. Mm. I think it's as simple as that. And whether that's, you know, you're hanging out with your family and your uncle might say something about a black fella on TV. Can't, mm. what, what, you can't say that. Like if it's, I think it's just, as, if we all call it out, surely eventually the tides start to turn. And like you say, I think there has to be real consequences for serious offences because, as you've said, when we have these uh, things that come around far too often, there's a big media beat up, it arrives, there's headlines, and then it just sort of disappears and we move mm. on to whatever story's on the front page tomorrow yeah. and we all forget about it. And I'm assuming there are no real consequences paid and nothing changes. No. I mean, I, I hope what people see now as a result of it is imagining what we are actually enduring on a daily basis and that as a nation, this is not good enough. There, there must be changes at all levels to make sure that people are safe and can mm. go to work. Because it comes back to this, that context comes back to this. When we tell our truth, Gary Yala, when we speak truth to power in this nation, because that is the conversation that happened. It was a conversation through the live coverage of the coronation in which we spoke about, we spoke truth about the fact that as a nation founded on racism, there was a war declared on our people, mm -hmm. the Wiradjuri nation. And that is a fact. And it wasn't that long ago. And it wasn't that long ago. We say this all the time on this podcast. This is not something that happened 15,000 years ago. This was something that was only a few generations ago. And so I think it speaks to actually a bigger issue on the horizon, which is the truth-telling aspect of who gets to tell our story as a nation. And the violence that we endured as a result of speaking our truth about our people bearing the brunt of a war. And so the legacy of these foundations are very much felt on a day-to-day -day basis. And if we can't tell our truth in this nation, 
I mean, what good is a voice if if you're not going to hear us? And and let's remember that he was invited onto that panel, as you were, to share his point of view. Yes. It wasn't like he came on, you know, some maverick guns blazing, wanting to upset the coverage and make it about him or he was he was he was invited. And I wondered with this aftermath and some of the things I've written after it, which were again factual, um, like going to the facts about systemic racism in Australia, how we have a race power and how laws were written to essentially wipe us out. When we speak our truth about it, whether it's um, in the media, on TV, or as I was doing kind of in the aftermath, trying to write an article, editors try and filter down what we're trying to say. And it's make just... Make it more PC. Make it more PC. Less inflammatory. And it's like, if if we can't handle... If Australia can't handle the truth, we have a long way to go as a nation when it comes to so-called reconciliation. And we're having this yarn in Reconciliation Week. Racism is rife in our nation right now. And it really makes me question how far have we come? And I have little faith in reconciliation because you cannot reconcile a nation that hasn't dealt with the truth of its past. Do you think that, again, certainly with this Stan Grant situation, that social media is making this even worse than maybe it might have been before? And do you think, more broadly speaking, the Australian media has a role to play in all of this? I think social media is just a reflection of what's happening in everyday lives. It's just giving those everyday people a megaphone and a way to get their message out. Yes. And while we all have access to witness it online and how it plays out, for example, in my situation, you know, I might tweet something and it gives racist access to to comment on what I've said. Because you will often you will often share a lot of the feedback, if you want to call it that, that you get, because for those that don't follow Teela on, on Instagram and Twitter, you, you obviously, you know, you're an activist, you're quite active and you're very passionate, clearly. And you will often share the things that people write back to you. And I just look at it and go, why, what are you doing? Why, why would, like, that's written word that's there forever now, but people are not scared. No, they're absolutely not, because back to our starting point, there's no consequence. Mm. And all we are left with as First Nations peoples is to reveal the truth of what we're enduring in hope that our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters and allies will also call it out. Because I think you're right, this is an interpersonal issue and it must start with each and every one of us. So this is, this is a tough question to answer. What does Australia need to learn from this latest chapter in racism in this country? And is there anything extra that we can be doing moving forward to hopefully get us to a point whenever this is going to be? It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be when this referendum rolls around. Might not be in our lifetime. But what can we do? What can this country do to hopefully get us to a place at some point where we are all equal? I think we have to start having the conversation around how racism infiltrates every single aspect of our lives. And with that yarn, people have to take seriously the fact that there needs to be actual consequences for racist behaviour. Because until there's consequences, we will not have any changed behaviour. What also needs to happen 
in this bigger umbrella of the conversations that we're ha- we're having around the truth of our nation and who gets the right to tell our nation's story, because that's what we're trying to do as First Nations peoples. We're trying to meet you all with the truth of what we've endured and with Yinjimara, Wenangana. And you know what? In order to be able to meet us on the same page, we have to be shown respect for what we have endured because what I am not seeing right now is people actually listening to how we are speaking back to history with love. You took the words right out of my mouth. All I was going to say is, and it's up to the rest of us, to simply listen. Listen and call it out if you see it. Now, this podcast is called Black Matters, and in previous episodes, you would have heard us talk about it at the end of every single episode, uh, learning new Indigenous First Nations words, because language matters as well, all right? Absolutely. Yinjimara has been a word that we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. Would we like to make Yinjimara a word? I thought that this week, in addition to Yinjimara, which is to live with respect Mm -hmm. in a world worth living in, there's another beautiful word that we use, and a lot of the titters have been sending me this word through explain this. What is, explain what a titter is for those that will go, what's a, what's a titter? A titter is sister, yeah. uh, a First Nation sister yeah. of a different kinship or and the same puppy. kinship. Your puppy's named and titter as well. And my puppy's <laughs> name is titter. And lots of, been, lots of people, particularly Wiradjuri titters, have been saying nyabul, which is our word for love. Give, it, give that to me one more time. Nyabul. And if we all sort of just treated each other with a little bit more newable, Australia would be a much nicer country. Absolutely. I think if that's what we're striving for, we would learn to treat people a lot, a lot better and be able to have conversations um, in truth and fact and with respect to, to allowing First Nations peoples the space to tell their truth. As always, thank you for joining me for another episode of Black Matters. Yalu. Yalu.